Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 1, how God made the light as a symbol and teaching tool to know who he is and how he gives each man and woman the power of choice and God honors the choice that we make. Now, this message is always available for free at friendshipwithgod.org and also on iTunes by searching for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, if you'd like to write Tom Cantor by email to let him know how much you enjoy the program or just to send him an encouraging note, you can do so by emailing Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's Tom Cantor, T-O-M-C-A-N-T-O-R, Tom Cantor with a C, at friendshipwithgod.org. You can email him and let him know how much you enjoy the Friendship with God radio program. Now, we not only need your listenership, but we also need your financial support to continue the Friendship with God radio program, our free downloads that are available by MP3 on our website and iTunes, and also this program on this station airing in your city if you're listening by radio. All this is made available because of your donation and support. So if you can make a one-time donation or even a monthly reoccurring donation, you can do so by going online to friendshipwithgod.org and donating online by credit card. You can also call us directly at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. You can call us now or after the program. I'll also give you the address to write in to send in your financial support. But again, the number is 800-247-3051. And our address to write, Tom Cantor, and also to send in your support is Friendship with God at P.O. Box 711-330. That's 711 711- 330, Santee, California. Santee, that's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071, 92071. So it's Friendship with God at P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California, 92071. You can write Tom Cantor an encouraging note, or again, you can also email him at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, or again, send in your support by going to our website, friendshipwithgod.org, or calling us at 800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor teaching us from Genesis chapter 1 how God made the light as a symbol and teaching tool to know who he is and how he gives each man and woman the power of choice and God honors the choices that we make. Let's just begin with a word of prayer. Father, you set us in this world of choices. We're faced with choices between good and evil, between light and and darkness. Lord, we're faced with the, uh, these choices, and these choices come to us, and, and we have to respond and, 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 or not respond. And we want you to, Lord, help us this morning to see clearly all these choices before us of right and wrong, and help us, Lord, to choose right, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1, I'm going to read this starting at verse 11. And as I do, I just want you to think about the concept of choice as we read here in Genesis 1. Genesis 1, starting at verse 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is himself, upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and the herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, Let 
the be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs or signals and for seasons or meeting times or holidays and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and it was so and God made two great lights the greater light to rule the day the lesser light to rule the night He made the stars also, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness, and God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day, and God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales, and every living thing, every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day, and God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image, or in our resemblance, and after our likeness, or in our pattern. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb, or green vegetable, bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed to you, it shall be for meat. And every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Now, as we look a little bit in review, we're talking about this morning light and darkness. That's the issue here, light and darkness. We saw that God created light. This was a magnificent creation of God. We didn't cover it last week, but let me just ask you, why do you think God created light? Why did he do that? Was it, was, did he create light so we wouldn't stub our toes when we get up at night to go to the bathroom? Or was it so that Albert Einstein could get the Nobel Prize for telling everybody that there's a relationship between light and, and, and energy and his theory of relativity? Or was it so we can read the menu at the Jewish Delicatessen, D.Z. Aikens? You know, one time we had one of our Japanese customers, and, and they were going to visit our company in, in, uh, in San Diego. Big deal. We, they had taken us around the sites in Tokyo, and now it was our turn. And we were going to show them San Diego, and they were looking forward to seeing San Diego, or as they say, San Diego. And so the plan was that when they would arrive, that we would pick them up at the airport and drive all around and show them San Diego. Well, 
their plane was a little late, and it was a little late, and it even got later. So when it arrived, it was already dark. <laughs> and so we, we, we said, well, we told you we'd take you on a tour. It's dark. We'll take you on a tour anyways. They said, okay. So we went on our tour anyways, and we took them up to the top of Point Loma there by Rosecrans Cemetery. And on one side, it overlooks beautiful San Diego Bay with North Island and Coronado and the skyline and the nuclear submarine base and the Navy na- naval station there and the aircraft carriers and just beautiful. Only trouble is it was all dark. And then on the other side, beautiful Pacific Ocean, sometimes the humpback whales. You can see them spouting water off there. Just a beautiful sight. But it was dark. And so I looked at him and I said, well, you can't see now because it's dark. But I said, if you could see. I said, if you could see. I got to tell you, over here is a very large bay. And below it, just across it, over there, is this massive naval air base on its island there. And just below that, there are runways crisscrossing. It's the longest amount of runways for for airplanes of any naval base in the world. And they all looked out the window of the car into the darkness, and together they said, Oh! (laughs) And then I said, Now you can't see it, but if you could just see over, there's this massive bridge called the Coronado Bridge. It soars 300 feet over the water, so all the large Navy ships can pass under it. And they looked way off into the darkness, and they said, Wow! (laughs) And so, so why did God make the light? So the Japanese could see San Diego? God made the light as a symbol. He made the light to teach us. He loves us so much, he brings us into his classroom called Earth, and then he stocks the classroom with all kinds of teaching aids, and one of them is light. And, he's, and, and that's why he did it. And so he, when he came to Earth, later on, the Creator, when he came to Earth, He wanted to have something in his teaching aid in his classroom that he could use to explain to his to his creation man some truth. So when he came in John 8, verse 12, it says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Now can you imagine? If he hadn't created light, and he said, I am the light of the world, they would have looked at each other, and everybody looked at each other and says, what's light? But see, because he made light, and because he put that into the world as our teaching tool, so that it was really the purpose, so that when he came, he could say, I am the light of the world. And he says, I am the light of life. And you know what light is to you? Da, 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 da. List, 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 list. God made the physical light as a teaching tool so that we can understand real light, spiritual light. You know, we live here in this earth, and we think, well, this is it. This is not it. What's it is what's not seen. What's seen is to teach us about what's not seen. The important world is the world of the unseen, the spiritual world. God created the spiritual world to help us 
understand about the spiritual world. So just as those Japanese customers, without the light, they, 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 they couldn't really understand what San Diego is like without the light. And so without the Lord Jesus Christ, we can't really understand who God is. But that's how Fanny Crosby, very interesting, songwriter, hymn writer, blind from a very early age. You could almost say she, she, her life she never saw. And, and she never really saw physical light for a very short time. But she wrote a hymn. She wrote a very, very interesting hymn. And the, the title of the hymn is, I See the Light. She's blind. All of her life since she was a little girl. Blind. But here she says, I see the light. Let me, let me read to you some of the words that she wrote. I see the light. Tis coming. It breaks upon my soul. It streams above the tempest and ocean waves that roll. From skies with clouds o'ershadowed, the mist dissolves away. I see the light that leadeth to everlasting day. What a what a word, everlasting day. With joy no words can utter. My heart is all aglow. I see the light of glory. Now let the anchor go. She saw the light. She was blind. But she saw the real light, the Lord Jesus Christ. And she talked about the yearning in her soul for the place called the eternal day. Because she saw that real light and wrote the words of that song about the spiritual light, even though she was blind, an old Boston Harbor pilot, he had trusted Christ recently. And there he lay in his bed in Boston, dying. And his last words were the words of blind Fanny Crosby. He's dying. And he says, I see the light of glory. Now let the anchor go. That's why God created the light. To teach us about the real light. Why was it created? It's a teaching symbol. So we could understand the most important thing that we have to understand in life. Who is the Lord Jesus Christ? That's the greatest achievement. Now, looking at light that way and asking why it was created, it raises an issue. It raises an issue of how are we to understand the Scriptures? We're studying the Bible, so we want to know how are we to understand the Bible. When we read in Genesis something like God made the light, should we ask why did God make the light? As we study the Scriptures, should we be asking why did God do this and why did God do that? Turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians 9, 9 through 11. It's an interesting passage because it's referring back to something in the Old Testament. And Paul is writing here, 1 Corinthians 9, 9 through 11, and it says this, For it is written in the law, in the Torah, in the uh, first five books of Moses, it's written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn, Doth God take care for oxen, or saith he altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. 
If we have sown unto you spiritual things, it is a great is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? You know, here, caught, here, here was a situation where God had told the Jewish people that when they use their ox to crush corn, don't muzzle the ox. Don't put a muzzle on the ox. Let them eat. Paul had taught us that in the scripture, we should be asking this question when we read it. I don't know. Would you ask that question? Paul says you need to ask the question when you read the passage that says when the ox treads out the corn, don't muzzle them, let them eat. So we should ask the question, why did God say, don't muzzle the ox, let them eat? Because Paul says, you think it was just for the ox? Paul says, no, it was for something more. He's teaching us. What's he teaching us? He's teaching us that as the ox works, let them eat. So that's what he was teaching us. If the feeding of the ox was the issue, well, then you could feed the ox before the work, so the ox wouldn't be hungry when he was crushing the corn. That was a very simple solution. But Paul was saying, Rabbi God was creating, in this instance, a teaching illustration, a teaching example for us, so that it goes like this. During the corn crushing... Just as the ox would be thinking, I hope I get to eat some of this corn I'm crushing. It's right for the ministers of the word of God to hope that they'll be fed, that they'll be taken care of by those they are doing the, that they're, they're ministering to. See, that's right. And Paul said, that's right. It's a good thing. You know, one time there was a, an itinerant preacher. And the itinerant preacher was going from church to church back east, and he had his horse, and he would ride on his horse, and he would go to this church, and he would preach, and then he would get on his horse and go to the next church, and he would preach, and that's what he did. He was an itinerant preacher. The only thing about this preacher was that he was very skinny, very, very skinny. So, uh, but, the, but his horse was not skinny. So one, one time after church service, some of the men said to the preacher, Preacher, we have a question for you. The yeah, preacher says, Okay, what is it? And, and, and then the men said, Why is your horse so fat and you're so skinny? And the preacher said, Well, that's easy to understand. You see, I feed my horse and you feed me. <laughs> see the point he was making. <laughs> that goes along with don't muzzle the ox when he's treading out the corn. So, when we study the scriptures, it's right for us, it's a good thing for us when we study the Bible, to always be asking, why did God do that? It's okay to have an answer, I don't know. That's okay. But ask. Because Rabbi God wants questions. He wants those kind of questions because he is teaching us something. He's teaching us as his children. So he creates the light. And he creates the darkness. And we saw that. And who, and, 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 and so if we think about that, we ask the question, oh, if God lives in heaven, it's a place of light. It's a place of no darkness. And the devil lives in hell. It's a place of darkness. It's a place where there's no light. Why do we live on earth where there's a mixture of the two? There's a, like there's, there's a mixture of light and darkness. Something's very good. Something's very bad. Why do we do that? Why are we sort of suspended between heaven and hell in this place called earth where there is a combination of light and darkness. Good, so, question. 
Answer, because God set the earth up as a place purposefully between heaven and hell. He set the earth up as a place purposefully of a place where there would be light and darkness. So that each person on this earth, he could see as he puts them, puts each person on this earth, and he could see what will each person choose. This is a place of choice. When God made man in his image, that means that God gave to each man choice. God gave to everyone the power to choose. He crowned him the sovereign God, crowned each man with the sovereignty of choice. And he could see if each man is going to choose light or darkness, heaven, hell, life, death. And he gives to man this power to choose. And then he honors the choice that man has made. You know, you see that? We see that in Genesis 2.9. You might want to just... Genesis 2.19. 2.19. This verse says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed. He yatsard. He squeezed into shape every beast of the field and every fowl and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature... That was the name thereof. What words in this verse show us that God is giving man a choice? That he's going to honor man's choice? Right there. Very significant words in this verse. If you are into underlining the Bible, then here's some words you want to underline. I'm not into underlining the Bible, my Bible, but nevertheless, if you like to, go ahead. God formed Yatsar, he squeezed it like a potter. He squeezed that, that, that just right. He got it just right, just like a potter does. And then when it was afterward, he went, Mwah! like that. And he said, Metzion, Yofi, this is perfect. He did that with every beast and every fowl. And what do we do as scientists? I'm a scientist. What do we do as scientists? We study. I study the biochemistry of these things. And I do. And sometimes I just want to go, Mwah! it was a great job you did. Because he he's got it just right. Second, he brought these animals to Adam. And why did God bring every beast and every fowl that he had made to Adam? Because it says he wanted to see what he would call them. That's amazing. God's the Yatsar parter. He's the one who's the creator. He should be the one to name it. But he made man kind of like a partner with him. And so he says to man, okay, I know I made it, you name it. I mean, these were perfectly created animals. Adam, I hope you're up to the job here. You better come up with some perfect names. Can you imagine this? These are God's creations. God has let man now do the naming. Because it says God wanted to see. God had wanted to ra'ar. He wanted to see. He wanted to enjoy. He wanted to enjoy what man would call them. God was really interested in man's choices and what he would make. Think about that next time you pray to God. That God is, is ra'ar. He's, he wants to enjoy what you're going to say to him in prayer. What words are you going to use? Because that's of great interest to God. Just like God was interested in the names that Adam was going to choose, God is very interested to see the words that you're going to choose in prayer. We should think when we pray. 
We should not use these heartless, dead repetitions that he told us not to do when we pray. God listens to us praying, and it shouldn't be that God should say to himself, oh, another religious cliche, I think that's number 132. No, we shouldn't put God through that. He wanted to see what Adam would choose for the names, and he wants to see what we choose to pray for, and how we pray for, and what words that we're going to speak. What are our requests? You think this verse indicates that those animal names were predestined before Adam was created? You think that this verse is indicating that those animal names were elected by God from the foundation of the world and that Adam had this irresistible urge to name those animals what, that, what God had already predestined them to be named? Not at all! That's not the way the verse is reading. The verse is reading that, Adam, it's totally your choice, 100%. Your choice, Adam. I'm kind of, and God's saying, I'm kind of enjoying what you're going to name him. And then it says, fourth, whatsoever Adam called them every living creature, that was the name thereof. That means that God honored Adam's choice. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. You can go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse. You can also find Tom Cantor's daily devotional verse available on Facebook. You can also find lots of free resources, all available free at friendshipwithgod.org, including sending a lost Jewish person a free gift, a gospel gift from Tom Cantor and Israel Restoration Ministries. Sign up for that free gift online at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go to Tom Cantor's online bookstore available under the resources tab at friendshipwithgod.org and order any of his materials, including the resource of the month for a $20 or more donation. Tom Cantor's book, Frequently Asked Questions. And you can also donate and receive that book, our resource of the month, by calling us now at 800-247-3051. Get Tom Cantor's Frequently Asked Questions, 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. Or go to friendshipwithgod.org. Thanks for listening.